0: Backstage here at Defy, at Historic Washington Hall, Defy Air Raid. We got Alex Shelley, one half of the Motor City Machine Guns, uh, legend, living legend. I'll say it, if you say it, it might sound cocky, but I'll say it, dude. I've been watching you for so long, and just like, innovator of tag team wrestling, and just like, it's awesome to have you here at Defy. Uh, Welcome.
1: Thank you so much. One half of the time splitters, too.
0: Yeah, there you go. I always feel
1: bad nowadays when I don't mention that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. That's true. That's true. I should have mentioned it. So um, this is not your first time at Defy. Uh, What's it like being back at Washington Hall and for Defy? Uh,
1: So... I should say that I've traveled the world quite a bit. Absolutely. not right? braggadocious. Yes.
0: Um, the Pacific Northwest is
1: probably one of my favorite geographic areas on the planet. Really? I love it up here. Yeah. I love it up here. When I was a kid, we would come visit a man of mine who lives outside Portland in Corvallis okay. yeah, or Oregon, yeah, yeah. Oregon State University. Is mm-hmm. So this part always holds a special place in my heart. Yeah, uh, This building in particular, though, is just Perfect for wrestling. Yeah, the Defy fans are fucking awesome. Yes, absolutely, yeah,
0: dude. So, so it was awesome to see, um, you know, you back here in Seattle. But you know, you're. I wanted to to mention right before we we chatted, um, you know, on camera. I noticed uh, when you're wrestling that uh, you have tights for a band that kind of give an homage with a logo of a band called Teenage Bottle Rocket, That's punk right. band. Yeah. Uh,
1: you say homage, but it's just their logo. Yeah, it's a direct rip-off, <laughs> honestly. But it's not a rip-off, so we were just talking about this a second ago. Yeah. Um, many years ago in 2000... When did I leave TNA? Uh, 2012. So it might have been 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got contacted by Teenage Bottle Rocket on social media, and apparently a fan had sent them a screen cap of my gear. And I think it was on Reddit, but there was a discussion about my gear in particular having a couple different logos on there one was a rocket from the crypt logo and awesome the other one was a teenage bottle rocket logo at the time rocket from the crypt didn't play anymore anyway mm-hmm. uh, teenage bottle rocket did and I got in touch with them <clears throat> and they said oh yeah please continue to wear our logo and they sent me a bunch of free stuff that's mail, cool hey. anytime you're uh, willing to go to a show in Detroit like Come on in on us. I was like, that's really fucking cool. That's rad. By that point, I had already paid to see him like yes, six times, too. Yes. So I was
0: like, oh, okay. awesome. Okay. Well, I've given you enough money here, you know, so I'll give me yeah. some free stuff. I'll wear it out to the ring. Uh, yeah. And that's yeah. awesome,
1: dude. Yep. So I've had that skull on my ass for fucking a long time.
0: So those bands are not like you know huge bands, no. and 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 I would imagine you know being that you're a Rocket from the Crypt fan, you yep. you probably have have like quite a history with underground punk, hardcore, mm-hmm. indie music, stuff like that. Like, what was your first kind of you know gateway to that? Was it listening to W R I F in in Detroit? W R I F. They Riff. never really
1: played that. So okay, I was very fortunate to grow up in an area in Metro Detroit where. Because we border Canada, yeah. uh, there was a local radio station called 89X. And okay. they were the first ones to start playing like 90s Alternative. Mm-hmm. Because of that, though, they also had to, due to their proximity and the fact the station, I think, had a Canadian location as mm-hmm. well, they had to have something called Canadian content. Okay, yep, yep. okay. So you know, yep, yeah, yeah. Canton rules. Yeah, yeah. So you exactly. know about this. Yep. You guys are relatively close yep. here, too. So we would get a lot of overflow. Sure. And in addition to that, when they would play some of the Canadian exports, they would also play. Oh, I don't want to say lesser; that's a wrong term, but less, smaller bands, yeah, yeah. less well-known yeah. bands, yeah, yeah. so less
0: mainstream stuff, right? Yeah. So
1: when I was growing up on things like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Green Day, Offspring, I was also growing up with um, Chunk and Guided by Voices, yeah. and. Um, Dinosaur Junior yeah. like all these things were being played concurrently yeah. Yeah. too so from there you just continue to listen to that and then the more you get into um, obscure bands which by the time I was in high school it was like Third Wave Scott was a big yep. deal right but yep. with that came like the punk influences as well so okay Rancid's really popular but have you heard Op Ivy yep. and you just start going down this rabbit hole yeah. so when I was in high school again uh, I can't tell you how much money we spent on records yep. and obscure albums and mail order yeah bullshit
0: things like that yeah are you still you know keep your ear to the street like find out about new artists You're i mean kinda... it's so easy now, yeah yeah right yeah. so
1: like you go on spotify you like a couple of songs your discover weekly has this algorithm yep. program for yep. you and it i find it almost overpowering yes, now. but it's absolutely. pretty cool to be able to find that stuff just at your fingertips whereas before you would have spent so much money and oh, time yeah. trying to find these things right
0: I remember, you know, growing up and, and you know, you would buy one CD because, or, you know, for me, I would get an allowance like $2 a, a week and I would save up to buy one CD. And I remember buying like a B-side Screeching Weasel CD that oh, wow. I didn't like, but I learned to like it because it was one of three CDs that I had. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you just hear it over and yep. over
1: and over again. I remember getting like a Skankin' Pickle album that was nothing but covers. And yeah. I was like, I don't know if I like this. And then eventually, yeah, I don't know if I did like it or sure. not. but. <laughs> You hear the songs enough times and it just gets embedded in your head. And it's just so much... More efficient nowadays. Mm-hmm. to just type in a genre, yep. even and it spits out a bunch of shit at you. It ain't even still, right, like on that Discover Weekly um, portion of Spotify, like you might like maybe two songs a week or something like yeah. that. I feel like a good album, you like it top to bottom for oh, the most yeah. part. But those are so rare. Yep. Like even bands I like, oftentimes it's like maybe two or three songs on the whole album. Absolutely will grab it, right. What was the last band you saw live? Oh man, let me think for a second here. What was the last band I saw live? Was it? Shit, I I haven't been to shows in so long, and I think part of it was because I played in bands myself, and then with pro wrestling, like the gig culture, like seems like more of a job than it doesn't. Um, I want to say it was Guitar Wolf. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah, Japanese legends, dude. Yeah, like I can't think of something I actively got like super excited about and went to. After them, but that was that was a long time ago too. Maybe Electric Six. Um, okay, nice. Yeah, which you know in Detroit, like that's yeah. that's relatively common. Yeah, one of those two, I think. Okay, mm.
0: so I uh, you know people always you know say like did punk rock start in New York or mm-hmm. you know did it start in the UK? Do you think punk rock started in Detroit? There's a lot of claims, right? Yeah. So uh,
1: there were obvious ties to punk rock and the mc5 yep. and then the stooges and then death yeah you know death yeah yep.
0: so not d- the metal band death who are also no. sick but death the three brothers yes, Yeah, exactly the three... there's a sick documentary about it check it it's out it's really cool yeah they yeah, yeah.
1: called death yep um Man, I, I think it's got a pretty good claim. Yeah. I, I really do. Uh, it's always nice to say that. And it's yep. it, it certainly preempts a lot of the New York scene. Sure. Right? There's no doubt about yeah. that. So way before CBGB's um, or anything like that, yeah, you had the MC5 and um, the Stooges.
0: Even American. the Sonics here in Seattle Sonics. were pretty early. The Sonics are you know? really early. Yeah. They still play. Too? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. I heard one of their newer records a few years ago. I was like, these guys are fucking
0: dope. Yeah, man. so loud. Yeah, yeah just so stuff.
1: cool. Sonics are really good. Yep.
0: So okay. So how do we hear your bands that you were in? What bands? Were, oh, is there any demos out there? We're on Spotify. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, cool. I
1: think I think we're on Spotify. So um, I was in a band called the High Crusade. Okay. In the High Crusade we played quite a few shows uh 10 years ago plus and played for a few years and put out an album and an ep i don't know if the albums on spotify or not the ep is okay. um it got put out not that long ago. Maybe like a few years ago. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to listen to it, you can listen to it. High Crusade. Okay. Hiker said, cool, man. High
0: Crusade. So we're here in Defy Wrestling talking music. But uh, so, so you know, what was the first time that wrestling kind of like, you know, came up on your radar as a little kid? Were you a wrestling fan as a kid?
1: I think every
0: child when they first see it is somewhat yep. intrigued by yep. it. I yep. wouldn't
1: say I was a hardcore wrestling fan. Like it wasn't something I would catch every week. Sure. Uh, probably when I was maybe 10 or 11. I remember a couple kids in class, and I went to like a Catholic parochial school, right? So small class size. So you knew everybody. Um, Had wrestling magazines. Okay. And I was a very visual kid. Yeah. um, Very visual adult, really. And I was very enamored with like video games and comic books and art and drawing and things Mm -hmm. like that at that point. And I saw the costumes. And this was WWF. I feel like that should be specified. Because at the time, and we're talking like Mm 94-ish, 93, 94, WCW looked very different than WWF. Okay. So that kind of grabbed my attention. And I remember like reading... A bio on somebody and it said finishing move and i was like oh wow they have finishing moves like video game characters like world combat okay and i thought that was really neat Uh, monday night raw had just started Mm -hmm. around that time period and i remember a couple kids in my class ryan welch and mike markowski said yeah it's on at this time you can watch it so these are my buddies i was like okay i'll watch this and then just talk to them about it and um I was an athlete growing up. Like, both my parents were athletes until okay. their 40s. So we were always involved in sports. Wow, into
0: their 40s, dude. That, that That's awesome. Yeah, they yeah. Were into their 40s. Great shape, must have been.
1: My mom was in really good shape. She was, um, the reason she's not is because she tore our ACL up real bad into oh, her wow. soccer, but both parents played softball, hardball, and she wow. played soccer as well. And they both exercised to some extent. Uh, either way, uh, I remember. Going into class the next day, and I was like completely enamored with it, and I got to talk to them a little bit about it, but playing sports, the thing that captivated me the most about wrestling was it looked like fun. Mm-hmm. Like it looked enjoyable to like run and bounce yeah, off the ropes yeah. and duck and dodge yeah, and jump yeah. and go to the top rope and all these yeah. things. Like, this is cool. You know, this looks like it's going to be a trip. It's um, like an action
0: film, but live, like yeah, in front and of then people. Like doing yeah, it too, yeah, You
1: know, like the, the movement component of it was always something that I enjoyed. So um, and still due to this day. So that was really what grabbed me. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, it looks like it's so much fun to actually yeah. participate in. And I didn't really know too much about it beyond that, but the glamorization of it, the fact that they looked like comic book characters definitely mm-hmm. captivated me. So it was like that combination was lightning in a bottle for me.
0: That's awesome. Mm. So what what made you think like, okay, I can actually like do this though. It's not just like something that, you know, people think like – Oh, you know that that would be a cool career almost like you know i could be a dinosaur or you know what i mean like oh but like you can actually do this like were right. th- was there uh, a local uh, company that you saw where you could start training or no not necessarily
1: it was one of these things where somebody's got to do this right mm-hmm. like I, i'm certain they're trained a certain way to do it and there was no reason i thought that i couldn't do it right yeah. like because i was a good athlete and i feel yeah. like punch wood i still am to a point um so I thought, man, I, I think I could do this somehow. And then yeah. it became like, how do you do this? Mm-hmm. How do you go about this? Well, eventually it went to the point where like I would buy wrestling magazines. And lo and behold, in one of the pro wrestling illustrators, they had, want to become a pro wrestler? Buy this book. So you sent away yeah. X amount of dollars so it was probably like 10 bucks and you got yeah. this little tiny like 40 page book I think it was written by Paul Bearer uh, okay. or Percy Pringle yeah. the third yeah yeah How to Become a Pro Wrestler and it had all this information and it kind of pulled back the curtain on the business mm-hmm. quite a bit um, I couldn't have had more than maybe 12 at that point And it had a list of wrestling schools and where to get your costumes made. So now I understand, like, okay, there are schools and there are facilities to do this. Um, Then I went and saw a couple indie shows in Detroit. And then when I saw independent wrestling at that level, and by this point my scope had expanded, Mm -hmm. uh, in Detroit we were lucky enough to get not just WWF, but, you know, wcw ecw uswa smoky mountain like we got everything right so i saw all these different levels of Mm -hmm. production and different body types and i started to have this better understanding of the versatility that was out there but the independent shows made me realize like i i could do this i think you know and i'm getting a little older too and still involved in athletics and it's like okay now i'll start looking for a wrestling school and Mm. i remember i actually like I think it was my mom, like, called one and
0: would, is he allowed to train? Like, what is this? Yeah. Like,
1: no, 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 you got to be 18. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. So I had to wait until
0: I was 18. Yeah. Man, that's cool. So, and, and also, like, I, I you know, got to say, like, being someone that, you know, you were involved in like mm-hmm. punk music and underground music, you could, you probably saw, like, there's such an aspect of DIY that goes into like a lot of the indie wrestling too.
1: Yeah. I didn't quite get that. Like, okay later on yes not long after i debuted it became more apparent but like i didn't quite understand how it worked like how independent shows worked and certainly at the time too the guys who did independence weren't what you see now Mm. so um i'm in my 30s when you saw these guys who were doing independence and we're talking like 97 98 99 like these guys who were in their 30s looked like they were in their fucking 50s i mean they were just like yeah dude just like You know, you think about, like, people – and this is how societies progress. Mm -hmm. They're fitter longer or they're not. They're much more unhealthy younger. Either way, these guys looked like they were, like, heavy-duty, burly laborers. And they were probably only, like, 38, 35 or something. But they looked so old to me. Yeah, yeah. and it just presented itself differently. You just didn't see, like, indie wrestlers who, like, looked cool. Yeah. Or if you did, they were, like, much younger. Sure. Much younger. Yeah. So now it's to the point where I feel like independent music and uh, punk rock culture has really merged with yeah. independent wrestling like Defy is a great example of that yeah. it's just like a cool rock and roll crowd and I look out in the crowd and it's like yeah these are guys probably my age yep. or younger yep. guys and girls my age yep. or younger and they're here to like party and have a good time and other companies have that vibe too but it's like are they fans of wrestling Maybe. Or are they just going to see the wrestling show? Maybe. Yeah. And I think that's cool, right? That it, It's kind of captivated people in that way, shape, or form. Because certainly when I was going to these independent shows, it was just like wrestling fans, you yep. know, or like little kids
0: for the yep. most part. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, so, you know, fast forward a ton of years, you you do your time in TNA, you're you're wrestling in New Japan, you do, you know, so much in wrestling, and we're skipping over a fuckload of stuff right now, but you, uh, I've listened to some podcasts with you, like Art of Wrestling with Cole Cabana, Mm. and you you mentioned that you went, you retired for a while, or at least took some time off to go to school, Mm -hmm. and you got a degree, Mm -hmm. and you invested all of yourself into school, and then you came back to wrestling, what Mm. has fueled your desire to come back and, and and and, uh, wrestle again
1: sure so uh, I went back to school the first time when I was still in TNA and Mm -hmm. the reason I went back to school is because at that point in time um, it was twofold Uh, what's his WWE name? Austin Creed. Xavier Woods? Oh, yeah, Xavier Woods. So, like, he just joined TNA. And Mm -hmm. I remember he signed a contract when he was in his senior year and he was, like, finishing up. I just thought that was so cool. Like, oh, he graduated college. That's really neat. I had gone for, you know, a couple semesters. Around the same time period, this is about 2008 or so, 2007, 2008, my friends I grew up with, uh, who I'm still friends with, had started to graduate. And now Mm -hmm. these guys are embarking on careers. Yeah. And I was like, huh. Okay. So I never... This sounds strange, but i I didn't know if I would have a future in wrestling. I sure. just didn't know how that would go, so I wanted to have this contingency plan in place, and I went back to school in two thousand nine um finished up my first degree a bachelor 's degree in business with an h r concentration, and then went to new Japan right? mm-hmm. that's kind of the nuts and bolts of that yeah uh when I was in new Japan, um I was there for about three years under contract and I wanted to go back to school. I always wanted to do that. And this time I went back and I switched gears and I went for physical therapy. So I was in school for quite a while from 2015 to 2018. Mm -hmm. And that was when I was with ring of honor who like, God bless them that they kept me under contract um, for all those years because I, they did allow me to miss a certain amount of shows. And like, I really appreciate them putting me through school more or less. Um, But always a thirst for academia, always like wanting to better myself or always feeling like I have to utilize this time. And I think that speaks to me as a person. I'm A-type, right? So I have a hard time sitting still, but I feel like I have to use my time constructively. Mm -hmm. I have to work towards something or I enjoy that process objectively. I enjoy the goal chasing. Uh, When I did cabana's podcast i think it was probably 2017 if i recall correctly i was getting close to the end of my program and i had to do clinical rotation so i never retired what happened was uh in 2016 i had multiple contract offers from different companies and i took the ring of honor one because it was going to allow me to finish out like two years of clinical work in academia and it would coincide Perfectly for when I had to do uh, a couple more clinical rotations. So I was going to have to step away from wrestling one way or the other because I was going to have to go work in a clinic or a hospital Mm -hmm. five days a week. And it's like, well, I can't, you know, take a Friday off. And then if my flight gets delayed on Sunday, you know, it's like it would just be way too stressful. It's just not doable. Like Mm -hmm. the job is to like get your reps in with physical therapy at that point. So I did that. Um, And then I wanted to pass my licensure. That takes a certain amount of time to prep for. Uh, And then I wanted to find a job. And it was more or less for me, Like very much mental. I had to prove to myself that I could succeed outside of wrestling, or I wanted to. I wanted to make sure that I could like function in the real world, and then if I wanted to, I would come back to wrestling. And I did want to very much so, and I really missed it while I was gone. And I think like more and more because I've been balancing this strange. Uh, almost Batman dichotomy where like during yeah. the week I go work in this clinic and then on the weekends I'm wherever I'm at yeah. and, I, and I'm basically working is Chris Saban pointed out he's like you're working three jobs man I was like no, I'm only working two he goes no 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 you're working 40 hours a week and then you have a full-time independent schedule and then you work for impact too and yeah. I was like oh yeah okay fair enough because yeah. there are people who just do yeah PT or just yeah. independence or just impact um and, and then I think, all the traveling. And then the traveling. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, to give you an example, uh, this month, uh, I had a show at the beginning of the month in Atlanta, then flew from Atlanta to Des Moines then flew from des moines to detroit and then worked 40 hours in a clinic and then flew from detroit to fort lauderdale and then two days in fort lauderdale fort lauderdale to la wrestle uh hop back on a plane the next day back to detroit uh 40 hours there uh here now seattle you know it's a lot it is a lot The end of the month i'll be in boston so it's a ton of travel um and i think next year will probably be the last year i keep that balance i'll probably go full-time into wrestling uh god willing and sign a contract somewhere because okay i yeah. proved you did what it. i had to you do yeah, yeah yeah and i've done it for a few you years have that degree and, and, yeah and i'm yeah. good at it yeah. and okay i've learned a lot and yeah. i've definitely grown as a person yeah. um, there's other struggles in that field that really really made me step outside of myself yeah um, to help other people and i've gotten what i want out of it so okay That's
0: cool. Yeah. I I wasn't expecting you to say that when you said this will be the last year. I'll probably go full. I was expecting you to say full time in the other. But for you saying going full time into red, that's exciting.
1: No, I think if I've learned anything in the past year and a half, because I, I came back and I was you don't think COVID happened right so yep. I had to get vaccinated because yep. I work with a lot of really sick oh, yeah. people and then I had to take time off from that for the vaccination to set in our yep. company to kind of figure out their procedures oh, with yeah. everything because so I was still freelance even though I was working for impact but if I realize one thing it's that I think I was probably put on this planet to wrestle and I'm gifted in that regard. And I hope that doesn't sound like I'm being egotistical. You're telling well, the, truth. Okay. I don't think anybody would argue that. But I can help an equal amount of people Absolutely. who want to be helped in wrestling yeah. with You did a seminar se- today. Yeah, there you go. So the seminars or like the injury treatment and prevention or knowing what I know about strength and conditioning yeah. and sharing that knowledge or again like I have a bachelor's with an HR concentration. So like helping people get in
0: contact with the yeah. right
1: people or just diffusing
0: dealing situations. the business in the business side of things <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
1: I've kind of – what I realize now is like for the past decade plus, I've really set myself up to be successful in wrestling in many different capacities. Absolutely. Many different capacities, more so than anybody else. I feel like my skill set's very unique, but it's Mm -hmm. very all-encompassing too. And I'm very fortunate because sometimes it's frustrating. Like, man, I don't know. I should have taken this contract. Maybe I should have wrestled full-time. But then I wouldn't have all these different skills either. You've
0: built yourself into this like – You know, like you said, kind of all-encompassing. That's badass. Yeah, it's like
1: you could hire me and make a job position for me, and I'd be able to contribute in a number
0: of different ways, right? Absolutely. That's refreshing to know, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Alex Shelley, man, I'm not going to take up all your whole night, but any final words for The Defiance?
1: Oh, no. Thank you so much
0: for having me. I really love coming out here. Awesome, man. Mm. Well, we welcome you back to Defy. Again, Alex Shelley. Check him out. Follow him on social media, and be prepared to see a hell of a lot more of him.
1: Just